1: Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always on Thursdays by Benny Ricciardi, as we spotlight the running back and wide receiver positions for Week 6 NFL action. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, or as a featured writer on the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS and find me hosting the Daily Slant DFS show along with writing over at ProFootballFocus.com want to remind you that the Rotowire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate and review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Benny, what's going on, my man?
2: Not too much. Just uh, sweating some of these PGA lineups and uh, trying to figure out what combinations I want to use for my Thursday lock FanDuel games.
1: Yeah, that's um, something that I've had some... More success than I ever deserved in, in terms of DFS for this year in, in PGA. So it's always an exciting sweat, but like, um, either, you know, PGA is one of those things is like you're in or you're out after Friday. You need your guys to make the cut. And if you don't make mm-hmm. the cut, then you're on the sidelines. But if you do make the cut, then it's, then it's pretty exciting. So yeah. um, it's
2: kind of, it's kind of like a survivor. If you can make it, if you can make it through with all your guys on, uh, you know, on, on to Saturday, then, you know, Saturday and Sunday, you got like a two day sweat to worry about because. You know, you're going to be passing a lot of those people who had one or two guys that, you know, didn't make the cut. So it's always fun.
1: Absolutely. So, um, what's also fun is nailing down some of these running back options that are a little bit off the radar to pluck some hand, um, some, some sort of handcrafted cheapy picks that we can sort of nail down for you guys and get you into your week seven lineups for DFS. So let's go ahead and just kick it off right at the top of the running back position. Let's hear your elite plays for cash games and, uh, GPPs here for this week.
2: All right, well, if you're talking running back this week, and I think you're going to agree with everything I'm about to say here because I think every other person who looks at DFS and everybody making lineups tonight is going to agree too. The two guys who we got to talk about first are going to be Todd Gurley and Devonta Freeman. So I'm going to take Gurley for now. He's favored by five and at home, faces Cleveland's defense, who I know they're your boys, but second, second most fantasy points allowed this year to running backs. And it's not like Gurley's a scrub. In the two games since he's taken over, 305 yards rushing, um, averaging over 25 touches a game, has five 20-plus-yard runs already. And this was the eye-popping stat for me yesterday is he is averaging 5.7 yards a carry right now, which is just absolutely insane in the NFL. So at his price of 5000 on DraftKings, I think he's almost a must-play in cash games. And over on FanDuel at, what is he, like 72, I think, or something like that? He just fits so nicely and allows you to make a really nice roster. It's so tough not to use him over there as well. So I think Gurley might be my number one running back on the board this week. Um I know you're a big fan of Freeman too as well, right?
1: Yes, I'm a fan of both. Uh, those guys are, are, to me, considered chalk as far as I'm concerned for weeks. Oh, early. yes, definitely. So um th- that top 2 on the board I have no problem with that. Now there's some other interesting guys that are a little bit more expensive that are sort of in that range according to uh Rotowire's projections and um you know, people that we need to sort of consider so um are you where are you at with Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson here and to maybe to a lesser extent Aaron
2: Foster for week 7? Um Bell I am a little bit less high on than I think a lot of other people are. I think that Kansas City is a team you beat through the air, so I do expect, even if it is Landry Jones, who we talked about the other day, um, I do expect to see Pittsburgh go to the air a, a lot in this game. I think Bell will still get his. It was a little concerning to me, though, that he didn't have any catches last game. Um, one of the reasons why I usually like him over a guy like Peterson is because he does get you those catches, especially on the PPR site. You know, It's a big part of the uh, overall score that he winds up getting for you. I do like Adrian Peterson this week, and I think he's going to be a good tournament play because a lot of people got burned by him last week. And the fact that they got burned by him last week, you know, is probably going to steer people clear of him. I would expect to see his ownership pretty low um, in tonight's game. I agree with you. I think that it's just so easy to put Freeman and Gurley in there, and the prices aren't all that crazy. And I think you're going to see a ton of people doing it. So for cash games, I agree. I'm going to just lock those guys up. But for a tournament, I definitely think there is some merit in going off to a guy like Peterson, who I have slightly ahead of Bell this week, which is why I use him. Uh, Foster, you know, again, I mean, he's okay. I I don't love the fact that you know there's a a couple other mouths to feed there in Houston. Um, I think he can have a decent game, but I think I'd rather have Adrian Peterson in this one, just because I think Peterson's going to see more carries. So I think he probably has the best chance to, uh, you know, really have upside, especially on FanDuel to get like multiple touchdowns.
1: All right. Yeah. Just, and just so, um, to reference the actual projections here for week seven for Roto-Wire, Le'Veon Bell, um, against Kansas City has the top projection on the board for, uh, 20.5, uh, fantasy points, uh, on, I believe on FanDuel, if I'm correct here. And, uh, Gurley 2, Devontae Freeman 3, Foster 4, and then Adrian Peterson's actually 6. Now, my next question to you is, where does uh, Chris Ivory, who's been running quite hot here uh, through the first six weeks of the season, fit in your DFS lineups for this, uh, this weekend?
2: I actually, and you know I'm a Jets fan, but I will have absolutely no part of Ivory this weekend. And part of it has to do with the fact that New England puts points up on the board and kind of forces teams into one-dimensional passing teams in order to keep up with them. And I know the Jets have a really good defense, but my, you know New England's offense is pretty dynamic, so I don't expect the Jets to completely shut them down. I don't expect New England to score 40 points either, but I do think the Jets are going to be trailing in this game. And usually when the Jets are trailing, you see Ivory come out. He's not really the passing down back. Um, interesting note, though, Bilal Powell didn't practice and may not play this weekend. But even if that's the case, I think you're going to see... uh zach stacy be that guy instead of uh you know chris ivory so this doesn't set up for me to be a game where ivory gets 25 to 30 carries like he has in a couple other recent games so i'm not looking for a huge game out of him i think he can you know get you maybe 60 70 total yards um and that's about it i I am not looking to use him in any of my rosters
1: yeah you know what i think that he's uh... Like, he has a pretty safe floor overall, and if you take a look at the actual, um, you know, uh, defensive run grade on, uh, the New England Patriots, it's actually in the bottom six for the season, yeah. but I don't think it matters so much because, like you said, uh, it's a little bit deceiving. Nobody really cares if they, if teams are able to run for five yards to carry when they're losing by 21 in the yep. sec, in the second half. So you, 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 have to sort of do, do what you're talking about here, Benny, and sort of predict game flow. You figure that, you know, New England is the, I think the biggest favorite on the board overall. And, mm. uh, um, I think there's a strong chance that, yeah, that he gets taken out of, out of his, uh, normal, uh, you know, throw bad 25-touch roll in, in that offense. It, it, sh- Could it be a close game? Could they continue to, to feed Ivory? Sure, they, they probably it, it can and they should, but like I said, I feel a lot more comfortable with some of the other top options uh, on the board, especially when you have uh, Chris Ivory is uh, at his price sort of steadily climbing here um, mm-hmm. with the level of production that he has. He's still pretty affordable overall, and uh, but I just don't feel uh, completely confident about uh, his... Chance to be like a twenty-something, you know, uh, point fantasy back here in week seven. I believe it's on the road too. If I'm, if I am correct,
2: yeah, they're, at, yeah, they I mean, that's my thing. It's not that you know, like I said, I'm a Jet fan. I love the guy. He's been playing great for us this year but I just don't think this is the game that sets up for him. So, I'd rather get guys who I think are in much better spots. Yeah. Some of them who even have better prices than he does.
1: Right. And you know, if you take a look at the the pricing, he's up to 5100 on DraftKings, which is still pretty affordable overall, but he uh, oh sorry, 5800 this year, but he was 5100 uh, last weekend, which, which, mm-hmm. you know, you felt a lot better about. So when you get into that range there and some of these guys that we're talking about, like the Todd Gurley's for 5k. And I, I think, uh, you know, Sean McCoy at 5,500 is also interesting, uh, at Jacksonville. And, it, and one thing is you need to do, by the way, in the, in the, uh, Buffalo Jacksonville game is throughout the home road splits. Cause they're both on the road. Uh, in, in London this week. And you also have to f- factor in, if we ever mention any Buffalo Bills or Jacksonville Jaguars, that you have to play the early, early slate um, on Sunday morning in order to get your or have a Thursday game for, uh, you know, lineup locked up uh, for tonight in order to get these guys into your lineups. Be- um I believe they're excluded from the standard Millie Maker lineups uh, across the board this week because yeah. of the uh, London matchup. So.
2: Yep, and actually a quick note for you guys. It actually makes them very sneaky plays in your Thursday night games because mm-hmm. people usually go heavy on the Thursday game. Forget about that Saturday game a little bit and then or that Sunday morning game and look at the you know, 1 o'clock slates if they're playing the Millie Maker or something. Mm-hmm. So you do tend to get these guys really, really low on that play in that Europe game.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to be um, right in that same situation there too. Lock up some lineups there on Thursday with... Uh, a few shares of of the... Because I actually think, you know, uh, Sean McCoy is value. I actually think that Blake Bortles and... And Alan Robinson, you can make a case for as a, as a nice GPP snack. So something to keep in mind yeah. too.
2: If you're Charles, Charles Clay too. Oh Don't yeah. get Clay with no walk
1: Yeah. His mom will call him Clay. I'm a calm Clay. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Charles Clay. I own him in season long and, and I, I think he's a top five tight end option this week as well. All right. Um, we're out of tier one and let's go ahead and dive into tier two in the running backs. These are the, the, we're sort of in that value play section visiting value town here. Benny, what do you got for me, um, in the
2: spot for running backs? I actually have two guys I like. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is Lamar Miller. His price is still really, really cheap. He's 4600 on DraftKings. I think he's down in the six thousand, like sixty three or sixty four range over on Fanduel too. Um, so that's really cheap for a guy who's a starter. He's favored at home uh, by four points, so we like that when he's favored and he's at home. Those are usually good situations for uh, starting running back. Houston's allowed the seventh most points to fantasy running backs, so his matchup's pretty good. And he finally saw twenty cut, twenty touches last game, which is something that everybody always hated about the old regime, is that he would get maybe fifteen touches, no matter how well he was doing, it that would be it. So he never really had a ceiling. Last week they let him have twenty. He ran for over a hundred yards, picked up a touchdown. You know, he does catch a couple passes when he comes out of the out of the backfield, so You know, on a PPR site like DraftKings, especially where there's only 4,600, you know, you're going to get two or three extra points added to that as well. And if he sees 15 to 20 touches again this game, like he did last game, I think he could put up another 20 fantasy points. And that's going to be very valuable from a guy who's that cheap.
1: Yeah. So the, the way that I look at this here is. Um, I'm gonna have to just support Lamar Miller going forward because I think we like what Dan Campbell's doing with the offense. And, plus, he made me look good in my Pro Football Focus Pond <laughs> article last week. So I owe him. <laughs> and, um, the price correction isn't too steep, too. I think we went from, what, from 5K to 5,500? Uh, or, um, actually, am I, was reading this wrong. Okay. For, no, he's
2: 46. Yeah. He went from 43 to 46 on DraftKings. That's
1: it. Yeah. So that's super affordable. And that's still value town for, for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, I might actually just have to go back to the well, uh, uh, with Lamar Miller and Houston, uh, this week. That's not enough of a price correction for me to. No.
2: And, and you could fit some really nice rosters filled with some of the studs that you want if you go him and Gurley at your running backs in uh, on, well, on both sides really, but especially on DraftKings.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you. I think it makes a ton of sense. And um Lamar Miller is going to be a like over 50% ex- exposure for me for sure going into
2: uh week 7.
1: All right, uh any other value plays that you like here this week?
2: Uh, another guy <clears throat> another guy who I've been kicking around a little bit is uh mm-hmm. Latavius Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a high total game that they got there for Oakland. Um the Rams have actually allowed the second most points to fantasy running backs this year and uh, he he's a guy who I like a lot, especially in cash games, because he's game script proof. If they're winning, he's the guy who's running the ball. If it's a close game, he's the guy who's running on first and second. If they're losing, he's also the third down guy who goes out and catches some passes. So you see him some games, he'll have like six or seven catches. Other games, he'll have 20 to 25 carries. And, you know, it basically doesn't matter. Whatever the game flow is, he's going to be involved in the offense. So you like that in your cash games. The price is a little bit high. I don't like having to pay up 61 for him on uh, DraftKings. I did like his price a little bit better over on FanDuel. But again, it's a guy who's seeing 20 touches a game. He's you know healthy now coming off the bye week for them. And he has a pretty decent matchup here on the ground. So I think he could be somebody to look at.
1: All right, I'm with you there. I think I can support that play overall. Um, I'm taking a look at some other guys here. I think once we've gotten to this point, where we get to that Lamar Miller range and some of the guys you mentioned here. Now, outside of this, we're sort of taking a look at timeshares and just some, some home run plays. Is there anybody else like, um, in the just going deep section here that you can make a case for? Uh, I have some guys that are like under consideration for me, like Antonio Andrews, maybe some Theo mm-hmm.
2: Riddick, um,
1: uh, and, and, uh, and Christine Michael fits that
2: bill, for, uh, that's actually that was the guy who I was gonna say. If okay. you wanna take a chance, you know, basically I, I I don't know, and I wanna get your opinion on this. I mean, I think that they're gonna start working him in there. Mm-hmm. You know, he's fifty six hundred over on FanDuel. Yep. Um, I'm not sure what his price is on DraftKings. So I gotta imagine he's down in like the four thousand or less range, right? Uh let me see here. I just had it pulled up. Christine yeah. Michael. But either either way, I mean the thing about it is I still think they're gonna give some carries to a guy like Randall. Like I don't think that Christian Michael is going to come in and get 25 carries and be like the workhorse back, you know, right away here. So I still can't see him getting more than maybe 15 touches, which is kind of what has me holding up on him. And you still don't know how things are going to play out. Like, is he going to be a third down back? Is he going to be the first and second down guy? Is he going to get goal line work? You know, a lot of those things are stuff that I look for when I'm trying to figure out what guy I want to put in there. Um... You know, I hear a lot of people mentioning his name. I do think he's going to get more volume. But do you think he's going to get, like, you know, be put in as, like, a RB1? Or do you think he's just going to be, you know, kind of like a timeshare where they're splitting him? I mean, how do you think that's going to play out?
1: Well, I think he's RB1. And I think 15 touches is, like, about the right number. Uh, but if you take a look at, like... Um, like the just how ineffective Joseph Randall and DeMarco Murray has been I think and the fact that they're rolling Matt Castle into the lineup I think they have to lean heavy run game so I if I if you had to ask me I probably would take the over on 15 I would feel okay taking that but I don't know how much more okay. more than that I don't know I still think they're probably gonna to have to work Darren McFadden as the passing down role so he doesn't have that piece of the upside. But mm-hmm. and just for reference too, he's actually fifty six hundred on FanDuel, so it's a, a lot just much less attractive there. But at minimum salary on DraftKings, I think you need to own him somewhere.
2: Oh, so at three thousand so. on yeah. DraftKings. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely I definitely could see taking some flyers on him in tournaments at three thousand on yeah, DraftKings.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna have a couple just, you know throw them into the flex spot. Uh, I'll have my, my, my stock are my, my Lamar Miller's and my Todd Gurley's in there with mixed in with some Devante Freeman and, uh, some AP. Uh, and I think actually I'm going to try, I'm going to get a few shares of the McCoy in and mix it against Jacksonville too. Cause it's looks like Tyra Taylor is going to get ruled out. And so you, do, you only want so much exposure to the, uh, uh, EJ Manuel experience if you're Rex Ryan, so yeah. um I, I feel like he could actually he seemed to hold up pretty well with the with a pretty good workload, 17 rushes and four targets in the passing game for 17 points, and that's that's good with a with a fair amount of upside against Jacksonville there too. So I'll have those guys in in the mix for me, and then I'll sprinkle in some Christine Michael at the flex spot and try to upgrade at wide receiver and tight end. So that is going to be my plan for the week. All right, we have sufficiently covered the top and running back options, along with some cheap and some home run plays for you. Before we move on to wide receiver, I want to let you know that if you're staring at your weekly fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself, I would love to challenge just one of his players, but not his whole team, but your whole... Uh, fantasy sports service will not allow you to. Now you can with the all new No Halftime app. The no Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams. For example, you can pit ODB versus Megatron, LeBron versus Melo, Trout versus A-Rod, or Gurley versus Christine Michael. Uh, creating a challenge takes seconds and accepting challenges are even easier. No halftime challenges can be private or public and are created for NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college football, college basketball, and other sports. So join today and get started. Real money and fantasy supremacy awaits you. Visit the No Halftime app for more information and download the No Halftime app for your iPhone and Android device. You can receive a bonus by entering the promo code ROTOWIRE at sign up. No halftime where the fantasy sports season never takes a break. All right, we're back from our break, Benny, and it's now time to talk about the wide receiver position. So go ahead and bring it to me. Let's hear some elite plays.
2: All right, I mean, any wide receiver discussion lately has to start with DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Um, 8,600 on DraftKings this week. I think he's about the same on FanDuel, if I'm not mistaken. This is a guy that's seen double-digit targets in every game so far this year. He's averaging almost 15 targets per game so far, um, coming up with nine catches, 120 yards. It's got five touchdowns in six games, getting red zone looks every single game. And in this game, they're an underdog. And it's a game with two teams that are top six in the league for pace. So I'm actually expecting it to be a little bit higher scoring than Vegas does. And also with Cecil Shorts very likely out, it's going to be all the targets again for Hopkins. So I think that he's definitely the top of the list for me. Um, cash game, tournament, basically going to be rolling with him everywhere.
1: Alright, I'm with you there overall. I don't think you can fade him personally in cash games. If you want to go away from him in GPPs too, fine, cause I, I think we're, I think we're talking about something, some guy that's gonna be, I don't know, 20, 25 plus percent owned, just because I.
2: I actually think higher.
1: Yeah, it could be 30-plus. I wanted to I –
2: th- I think so. I
1: don't want to go crazy with it, but if you want to know the exact number, we'll give it to you on tomorrow's show when we talk about Friday practice reports and ownership percentages on this very show, the Road Wire Day 5th podcast. So shameless plug for us for tomorrow. <laughs> um Yeah, uh, but DeAndre Hopkins, 9,200 on – uh, FanDuel, so you, like, just, as far as, you know, price comparisons, he is the top priced option, uh, you know, hands down, on DraftKings and FanDuel, so you're paying up, and you're going to pay a pretty penny, but him and Brian Horner have been in just lockstep together, so, uh, I'm going to have my shares for sure of, of DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be in the lineup for me. I'm, I don't want to have um a, like a ton of ownership anywhere because if he crashes and burns, which he hasn't at all at the season, so that's probably unlikely, or he just doesn't do enough in his matchup, like you get like 17 points out of him or something like that, it's going to be very tough for you to take down your GPP. So I think I'm going to be sitting somewhere around like 20, 25% exposure for
2: Hopkins. What about you? Um, I mean, it's basically going to depend on what I see on the... I, I mean, I'll tell you right now. I have him as a wide receiver in my Thursday um, cash games already. And it's really going to depend. I don't usually play a lot of Thursday tournaments, so I, I probably still have him in cash a lot on the weekend. But my tournament exposure is really going to depend on his ownership. If he's 20%, like you like you were originally saying... I think I'm gonna have a lot of them because I like him more than that. If he's 30, 35 percent, like I think he might be, um, then you're gonna to have to look for some changes. So guys like Odell Beckham, maybe um, guys like, let's see, uh, you know, Beckham is probably the guy that I like the most up on the on the top end over there. Do you yeah. have anybody else like mm-hmm. the high high price guys that you would like?
1: Ah, uh, you know what? I think I. I I want to say Julio this week because it's Tennessee and I think this is, is finally primed for a bounce back situation here. And it's not like he's been terrible, you know, six for 93 last week, 15.3 points on, on DraftKings. So I think people have sort of just cooled enough on him after, you know, the three monster weeks and three, you know, so, so weeks that it's time for me to buy in. You're not getting too much of a discount. It's still 9,100 on DraftKings. So, but I still consider him elite if, uh Ben Roethlisberger plays, then Antonio Brown is going to be like just mm. chalk for me, uh, yeah. at, at 7,900 on, on DraftKings. So that's uh, going to be a plus matchup. Um, and then it sort of depends on how you feel about the New England corners and, uh, Brandon Marshall, who's just been a straight dominator all across the board. Uh, New England has, has a good solid defense overall, but he's still pretty affordable at 7,800 uh, on DraftKings. And he's been a guy who's, uh, just, like the nine targets that he had was the lowest that he had since week one against Cleveland, and he still went for seven for one eleven and, and a score. so mm. it's almost essentially been matchup proof. Miami's supposed to have top corners with Brent Gimes, and um who uh, who am I thinking about? Is it Sean Smith who's on the other side? I forget who it is, but um Philadelphia spent all that money on on uh, Byron Maxwell, and you know yeah, that turned that out to be a, yeah. So, and then, you know, Cleveland obviously was supposed to be a top five secondary with, with, uh, Joe Hayden and Tremont Williams. And he has scored no less than 18 fantasy points, uh, according to DraftKings in each and every week. So, uh, yeah, Brandon Marshall to, to me, I think is a safe floor guy. And you know, they're going to have to throw a bunch too. So even if he, yeah. uh, you know, doesn't look particularly good in, in the first half, I think he's going to get force fed a good number of targets.
2: So, um. Now, are you concerned at all? Like my biggest fear with Brandon Marshall is. You know, we, we know that Belichick, the one thing he likes to do is try to take away your favorite toy. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you look at the, at the Jets this season, I think that the toy he's going to try to take away is going to be Brandon Marshall. Yeah. Um, you know, which is why I'm actually a fan of, I'm a pretty big fan of Eric Decker, who I mean, obviously we can get to when we get down to some of the cheaper options here. Um, but you know, I'm actually a little bit more on Decker than I am on Marshall. I do like Larry Fitzgerald at that same basic price group though. I think Fitzgerald against Baltimore. Uh, you know, how bad Baltimore has been and how many points they've been giving up to wide receivers is uh, definitely somebody that I would look at down there.
1: Yeah, um, I, I'm in there with you. I like Decker, and whenever you've seen that Brandon Marshall has an elite uh, play uh, matchup, and Malcolm Butler looks like he's projected to be on Brandon Marshall too, who's got one, a pretty strong cornerback uh, defensive grade overall. So it should be a, f- a fairly tough matchup. Having said that, that gives me actual hope about Brandon Marshall this week because if you look at how uh, Malcolm Butler has graded out, on PFF, uh, that means that they might not have to roll as much coverage to him. They, they may feel, co- um, a little bit more confident in single coverage and try to bring more pressure on, on my, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't want a ton of exposure to Brandon Marshall, but I want some because I think of, you know, the, the way that this game is going to have to flow, there's, you know, Fitzpatrick is going to have to air it out 50 plus times yeah. just, just to, um, keep up with the, the amount of scoring for the, I think it's going to be no mercy time like it always is against the Jets. And, and with with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, so. Um, but having said yeah. that, if you take a look at uh, the price for Decker, it's affordable for sure. Yeah, uh, Decker fifty three hundred opposed to what, what are you paying seventy seven uh, for for Brandon Marshall seventy eight hundred for for Marshall. So definitely mm-hmm. a good pivot play. I'll, I'm with you. And since we're in that neighborhood now, we might as well just dive into the secondary options at wide receiver. Who uh, are you going to be targeting aside from Decker, Decker that are in that more affordable range?
2: Yeah, there's actually a lot of guys in this range to, um, you know, to consider. I'm a big fan of Dante Moncrief this week. Uh, he's favored in one of the highest total games of the week. Saints allow the third most points to fantasy quarterbacks, so I do expect luck to be tossing it around. And the thing I like about Moncrief is he runs the entire route tree for Indianapolis. He can go the short stuff, the third down stuff. You know, T.Y. Hilton, who many people consider their wide receiver one, is basically a guy who is more of a speed receiver who stretches the field for them. Uh, Moncrief's the guy that's you know probably going to be getting a lot more of the targets in uh, third down situations. You know when they need to pick up a couple of yards or you know just to get something going to get out of a uh, you know second and fourteen or something like that. He has at least six catches in four of the six games, and most of those games have been three of those games have been the ones where he's had Andrew Luck as his quarterback. Uh, him and Luck look to have something pretty good. I like Moncrief's price. I think he's 5200 on DraftKings. Um, I forget where he is. I want to say right around that like $6,000 range on FanDuel right there. And I actually like a lot of the receivers in this game. I also like uh, Brandon Cooks, who's a little bit cheap, around that same range today. I also like uh, Willie Sneed, who's also in that same range. I like T.Y. Hilton, who's a little bit more expensive in this range. This should be a shootout. We should see a lot of passing yards in this game. Uh, two defenses that can give it up a little bit. So I think you can basically look at all the receivers on the Colts and Saints and pick out which ones are your favorite for this game this week.
1: Okay, that makes some sense for me. I can get behind that overall. Uh, the, the way that I'm looking at this here is, you have so many options as a wide receiver position i think that you need to sort of um decide which ones that you're going to mix and match and 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 take your share of targets i'm in there with with hilton and moncrief so i'm going to mix and match some of those options too and you know uh when when in doubt i always just like to sort of take a look at uh, the rotor wire projections and sort of match them up with, uh, the top quarterback wide receiver matchups and some defensive grades, uh, that we have available. And so I'm just going to sort of try to mix and match here. Taking a look at pass coverage, Jacksonville Jaguars dead last in the league at 22.9. So, uh, if you take a look at, um, the, the passing situation, I'm not going to be that, that encouraged by, um, You know, Robert Woods, and I think Sammy Watkins is injured. But you know what I will do is I will be interested in, like we said, LaShawn McCoy and Charles Clay. So San Francisco 49ers, second-worst pass grade overall. So that's going to make um, Doug Baldwin interesting for me. Uh, I know that we're not talking tight ends, but Jimmy Graham has to be in the mix since you saw that they have sort of gotten to a, a nice little flow during that game last week. And then um if you want to go for straight home run play overall, I know we're not to that point just yet, but Tyler Lockett, um, against, uh, that defense there that's, you know, has graded out that fart. You can take a, take a shot. And I think Lockett is super cheap. I keep waiting for Lockett to do what John Brown, that we've waiting John Brown to do is just sort of hit a home run and, you know, blow up for, you know, four catches for 120 yards and a score or two, you know, and you, and right now his price has been staying pretty flat here at 3200 on DraftKings. So it's a super home run play and it's cheap. And, you know, if you take a look at the defensive grade, the yeah, the price is uh, absolutely right. And then we take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Um, they come in third worst, uh, overall. The Steelers, uh, uh is it Kansas City this week? I believe. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know what? This, here's, there's, a, there's a nice, um, situation that you have here. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, a, I'm in this group too, but right now everybody is pissed off and hating Jeremy Macklin. OK, uh, because they sort of they saw what he did here in the preseason. He goes four targets for three for 48 last week. And people thought it might have been a good spot because he had double digit targets in three straight games, 11, 13, 12, you know, and he had just monster performances one forty one in a score against Green 148 yards and then eight for eighty five, which is serviceable. You know, sixteen and a half points for uh on DraftKings for six K, you could definitely buy into that. And though so you take a look at the price too, it really hasn't moved. It's it's basically flat. You get a hundred dollar discount from last week to sixty four hundred. Um and he, but he's in those we've talked about this before, Denny uh, I'm sorry, Benny, the those these middle price guys that you're not getting a super discount on, but they're also not the most expensive and they're coming off a bad week, so they're a lot, lot less attractive. So I think you're going to find Macklin like under 80% owned, uh, under 5% owned when we look at this tomorrow. And he's got a supreme matchup, uh, this week. So what about you? Can you stomach some, uh, Alex Smith, Jeremy Macklin next, uh, the Sunday?
2: Well, I got it. I mean, I have to see first. I think Macklin is actually in the concussion protocol right now. Um, So I got to make sure that he's in before I would look at that. I do think that that Kansas City has to throw in that game, and I hate Albert Wilson, so I'm hoping Macklin's in, because if Wilson's their number one, I can't see him doing much of anything. I think Kelsey will see an increase in targets in that game. Um, But yeah, I mean, right now, you know, I, I actually had a lot of Macklin last week. I liked him last week, so he... He did me in, so we're not we're not boys at the moment. So <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you're
1: right. He did not practice on Wednesday, so I wasn't actually aware that he left with with concussion symptoms. So there you go. Just pour some cold water on my long winded analysis for Jeremy Macklin. Make this big old case for him and they're like, he's probably ain't playing, bro. And I'm like
2: <laughs> Yeah, well I, mean, I I don't know. Like I know he I know they said he hadn't passed the concussion protocol yet, so you gotta wait till you know till the yeah. end of the week we, to we, see if that yeah, works we'll, stuff
1: out. Right, and we'll know something for you tomorrow for sure. So usually we'll, right the time we record, we're starting to get like about half the practice reports. And so we'll know if Friday is going to basically be the cutoff for him, even if he doesn't practice today and he's still on concussion protocol. He's going to have to get something limited in, uh, in terms of work on Friday. But I think it's, I'm, I'm with you 100%. This, uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be the guy to, to, to sort of bank on if, Jimmy Macklin does not play. And then this might be actually be the week after everybody was sort of super disappointed in Charkhandrick West to maybe take one more shot in a lineup or two and uh, see if it pays off because I think everybody's off the train after the first week
2: in these Yeah, season. and you know what? I mean, you look at that team. Somebody's got to do something or they're not going to yeah. move the ball at all. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I, I don't know who it's going to be, but you, you're running out of options. So whoever you think it might be, you're probably getting them really, really cheap.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just nine for thirty-three, and then two targets in the passing game for one for six yards. No one is on. I'm gonna tell you right now, no one is on Char West this week, and they actually raised his price, <laughs> believe it or not, on Jack Kings. I don't know how that justifies a price increase, but he is two hundred more for forty-two hundred. So still yeah. super affordable. I'll take a share, especially yeah. if Macklin's out. If Macklin's in, then I don't care anymore, and then it's then Macklin's going to be my Kansas City um share of gpps that i have i'm not saying that you need to go crazy with it but i'm saying consider it because it's a plus plus matchup in terms of defensive grade
2: now let me let me ask you a question for 4200 would you rather have him or a guy who i've been kicking around in stefan diggs
1: diggs for sure
2: yes yeah i mean diggs to me he's the number one wide receiver on the vikings right now and i don't even care that wallace and you know Jarius Wright and Charles Johnson. I don't even care that they're all back. Yeah. I think Diggs is their best receiver and I think they think Diggs is their best receiver. Yes. Um, he had 13 catches, 19 targets the last two weeks, averaging about 18 fantasy points per game in those two weeks since he's, uh, you know, really started getting in there. Detroit's given up the ninth most points to wide receivers and, you know, like I said, he's basically their wide receiver one at 4,200 on DraftKings, 5,800 on FanDuel. He's dirt cheap for a wide receiver one.
1: Well, here's the thing though with, with this play with Diggs. The problem that you have is that he has got, he's gotten so much love and he's been like, you know, the, the waiver wire pickup of the week and the fancy darling and all this, you know, Antonio Brown comparisons that have been floated around by his teammates and stuff that I, I have a hard time believing that his ownership percentage is not going to be over 10%. So you're, it's not like you're getting mm. a sneaky play in there. You're getting a guy on the rise and you can still get a discount on him, but a lot of people are going to be on this play, uh, overall. Um so that's something else to consider when you roll stuff on Diggs or not. But I'm not saying you shouldn't play him. I don't think he'll be like a 20% guy, but he's cheap enough to be double digits, but you know, especially given the performance. And I'm with you as well. It doesn't really matter who's coming back into the lineup. Charles Johnson has basically blown his opportunity, and we've never seen enough out of Jarius Wright other than some spells of some random games that you can never predict for you to be uh really really interested in having said that there as well i think that uh adrian peterson after you know a lot of people giving him a lot of love for him being a high price top option i think he's his you're see his owner percentage dip uh, a little bit here again this week too after he after the dud he, he threw up last week so uh that's something else to consider um any any other home run plays that we need to pull out of our back pocket here benny before we uh move on to the end of the show
2: Well, I do have a home run play, but I also wanted to mention, uh, Michael Crabtree before I got down there. Yeah. Um, he's in that same range as Stefan Diggs over on Fandle at like 5,900, I think. And he's been getting a lot of targets. He has a good matchup here. So not really a home run play because it's not like he's, you know, super cheap. Um, but he's definitely somebody I like. But the home run play that I'm going to go with this week is going to be Michael Floyd from the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Floyd is 3,200 over on DraftKings and 4,900 on FanDuel, if I'm not mistaken. Now, he had a touchdown last week. He had another one called back, and he actually could have and honestly probably should have had three overall. Uh, he saw about seven or eight targets, I think, had five catches for 50 yards. And we know how bad Baltimore is against uh, wide receivers. So, I mean, it's tough to know where it's going to go. John Brown had a big week last week. You know, Larry Fitzgerald's been having a big season all year. Uh, so, you know, Floyd is definitely going to go under the radar. But as a really cheap home run type kind of play on DraftKings, I think he's the guy who I like the most.
1: Yeah, you know what? I like that play there as well. It makes a lot of sense uh, for me personally. I think that uh, if you if you listen to the Tuesday PFF show that I did with Renee and Dan Gaspar from Fancy Insiders, that was the first guy that came out of his mouth. So he was like, Michael Floyd, Michael Floyd. Uh, is fun. You know, people are, were well off of the... You know, uh, the Michael Floyd training it was just all about Fitz all the time there. And he sort of asserted himself, um, to get a nice share of targets overall. And I think he's been the guy outside of Fitzgerald that people have been targeting more so, uh, or will target more so this week as opposed to John Brown. So, um, I'm going to tell you right now this, this, this play that I'm, that I'm, I'm not recommending. I'm saying throw this guy in your watch list. Um, is Miles Austin for Philly at minimum salary against Carolina, okay? If you take a look at, um, I believe Riley Cooper went down with a fairly serious knee injury. I don't know if he ended up coming back in the game, but it looked like he was out for the season when he went down in a heap. Yeah. So I'm going to try to f- figure out exactly what's happening to Riley Cooper. Yeah, well, it
2: was it was actually the same knee that he that he had injured that kept him out of practice the week before. Mm-hmm. He, re- he kind of re-injured it during the game, so that could be an issue, yeah.
1: Yeah, so... um they're talking about you know Josh Huff potentially being having a bigger role there. I really hope that they give Miles um, Austin a better shot because whenever he's played and he's got such limited snaps and stuff, he's a big red zone target. He catches everything. He's not a ball dropper. He's a nice little red zone target. So he's gonna be my like nobody's talking about this guy. Nobody wants him. The targets, the numbers, none of this stuff really looks great for him. And it's Carolina. Um, but he might just slide into a situation that he becomes super, super sneaky. So I don't, I'm not telling you I'm, ha- I'm gonna have a share of him because I'm not, but I think I'm just saying I'm interested because the injury situation combined with, you know, Josh Huff just being a raw rookie and now with Nelson Aguilar battling a knee injury along with Riley Cooper could create some opportunity for Miles Austin. So something to consider, uh, as we move along. And uh, that is going to wrap it up for the Rotowire DFS podcast for today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget we're available on iTunes and Stitcher for your download convenience, so be sure to give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. And you can always check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me on Twitter at Josh JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you tomorrow on our Ownership Percentage show.